Hey guys, I'm so happy you're here this week. So Against the Grain is where we do things differently and we study God's word and we apply it to our lives in a manner that is culturally unacceptable these days. And we're not about living the popular lifestyle, not at all. In fact, we're about living differently because Christ tells us that the path is narrow and that is the path that leads to heaven. So today we're going to dive right on into the topic of the Holy Ghost, um, aka Holy Spirit, um, and kind of go into what all God promises us through the Holy Spirit and the benefits that we can have today by living with the Holy Spirit and also the discernment that it gives us on a daily basis and how necessary it is to truly understand what the Holy Spirit can give us and how it can benefit our lives. So today in our churches, um, you don't really hear much about the Holy Spirit. I mean, even in my church, which is called Trinity, you would think that Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would be talked about and stressed a lot. But the truth is a lot of churches today are getting away from um, reading long passages out of the Bible and then explaining these long passages out of the Bible. They instead go to more topical sermons, which are general, um, you know, Jesus loves you and this is the reason why kind of sermons. It doesn't, many churches don't actually go into in-depth studies anymore during sermons, which I think is a real shame because um, there is so much meat and so much goodness in God's word. And I think that's what a lot of Christians are really, really desiring these days because God put a willingness to learn, a desire to learn. When we actually know him, we crave to be in the word. I mean, we crave it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I straight up crave it during the week if I don't get into my Bible. Um, and I think that a lot of churches, again, are missing the mark when it comes to, um, sermons. Um, they're focusing more on people that are, uh, bringing people that are unbelievers into the church and then kind of giving them a watered down, version of the gospel that in hopes that they won't, um, they won't turn away because the gospel can be very blunt. The gospel can be, um, very forward. It can be politically incorrect, um, culturally incorrect these days. And a lot of people just completely reject certain parts of the Bible. Um, but that is not at all what we do. Um, well, what I do here at, at Against the Grain, um, I believe that we should take the Bible wholeheartedly for what it is. I think that Christians today are, again, just craving that meat and bones, that being the Word of God as our foundation. Um, we're craving in-depth studies. We need to understand the Bible and what it has to say in order to live our lives in the best way that we possibly can. So another great way to do that, um, not only reading the Bible, but having the Holy Spirit in your life. And that is what we're going to talk about today. Um, Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church. They were having a bunch of issues back in the day, getting in fights, and they had a lot of questions on how to run the church. And how to run the church, um, basically there is, Paul gives us an entire guideline of how to run the church in Corinthian, First Corinthians. Um, so if you're interested in that, we'll probably do another episode on that topic specifically. But today, um, we're going to talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit. So last episode, we mentioned the Holy Spirit quite a bit, um, how important it was. Um, so we're just going to devil on in that further. 
And um, today I'm going to read 2 Corinthians to you, the entire chapter, because we're not going to be um, topical about this. I think there are benefits in just hearing God's word alone, let alone preaching a sermon on it. So today we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was, I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom alone, but in God's power instead. We do, however, speak the message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. We declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, and what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject merely to human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to who instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ. So, wow, that was, that chapter just has a lot of material and you're probably like, oh my goodness, uh, where do I start? So, so many good things to unpack in this um, scripture and I just really want to dig into them. So Paul is like a little background on Paul. He is like this awesome, brilliant scholars who like wins all these intellectual arguments. He is like super, super smart back in the day, and he could easily win any kind of argument that he would come into. However, he comes with a humble heart. So when he is coming to these Corinthians, he's saying, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, but instead I said, I know nothing, only that Jesus Christ was crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and trembling. My message is only demonstrated with the Spirit's power. He humbled himself to the point of saying, this is not me talking. I can say and have all the wisdom in the world that I want to, but nothing is going to compare to how God speaks through me every day. It is only through the spirit that my message is going to make sense to you. And that's so true. 
How many times have we heard a sermon in church and we forget that sermon before we even leave the parking lot? I'm guilty of doing it. I'm sure you're guilty of doing it at some point. Um, Yeah, some messages are just not well sent. And I think that a big part of that is because sometimes preachers do not humble themselves first to the spirit when they're preaching and the spirit, it's kind of disconnected. However, it's not always the preacher's fault. Sometimes it's our own fault because as it mentions a little later in first Corinthians, that if you're not of the spirit, if you don't have the spirit in you, the words of God will not make sense. Whoa. So maybe it's me instead. (laughs) You have to convict your heart a little bit and ask, step back and ask, okay, is the mind of God my mind? Do I have that same mindset? And that kind of goes back to the topic yesterday that we mentioned, uh, or not yesterday, last episode that we mentioned about, are you feeling convicted on a regular basis? Because if you have the mind of God, you are going to feel convicted daily about the sin that you see. It is going to be a constant spiritual battle that you are going to encounter every single day. If you're not being, if you're not seeing things on TV and saying, okay, yeah, half naked pictures of women is a little wrong. Um, let's see. I don't like the tone that that, you know, sensuality is coming across. They're using bad language. That's a sin. You know, if you're not constantly looking at what you're consuming and thinking, okay, well, that's a little sketchy. Maybe I should change my heart. I'm feeling a little convicted over that. Do you really have the Holy Spirit in you? Probably not as much as you should have. Because whether we want to admit it or not, what we consume on a daily basis becomes what we become. It becomes our perception of what is okay in the world. For example, this is a real world example. If we watch Shameless on a regular basis or a show of that caliber where Literally, the characters have zero shame about any action that they do. Um, Our perception over time will change. It will numb us. We will become literally numb to the idea of being shocked. It is a psychological known fact that the more you are exposed to something shocking, the less shocking it becomes over time. That's just how it is. So when we're initially exposed to shocking behavior... Um, I can think back to a time when um, even the word homosexual or a homosexual marriage was shocking. I mean, that was even 10 years ago where just even the word was just so shocking. But as we're exposed to it daily, every word or every, everybody talking about it, it's a political um, statement. It's a, we see it on our TVs. We hear about it on the radio. Now we don't even really think twice about it. We're numb to that idea. We're numb to that sin. It doesn't affect us anymore. So I challenge you, set your standard based on God's word and how we do that, how we can really, really set our standard and and translate what's in the word to real life is through the Holy Spirit. That's the bridge that connects God's word to real life and us in the middle with Christ. God reveals all kinds of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. When we have the lens 
of the Holy Spirit, we will look at things differently in our life. Once we know the Spirit, we know God's mind. We have God's mind. And that comes with high regard. It says that we will be held to a much higher standard then. And rightfully so, because we have a lens to look through to see what God sees in the world. And if we don't then do something about the things that that are convicting to our hearts and our minds and our spirits, then rightfully so, we're held to a higher standard for that decision because we know better. Now it's time to talk about the other people mentioned in Scripture, those that are blocking the Holy Spirit from coming into their lives. Those people in this passage are regarded as foolish because the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Those people are not going to understand what is written in the Bible. A lot of people today um, will get really defensive over certain passages in the Bible regarding political topics like homosexuality, and they will say, um, okay, well, this, this was written in this context, or this was written in this time frame, or this is not exactly what they meant by writing this at that time. Um, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> because the Bible is is written through, it is the living word of God. And in order to understand the living word of God, we must understand the living God. And we do that through his gift of the Holy Spirit. So those people who are making that argument are doing it for selfish purposes. They're not doing it because they truly want to understand God. They have read various books and um, various theories by different um, philosophers of the time saying, okay, well, this is the context. This is, this is my conclusion. They haven't actually reached out to the Holy Spirit and asked for discernment, asked for understanding, asked for conviction of their hearts. They may know that those things are clearly wrong, um, but they are blocked from understanding that because they don't have the mind of Christ, which is mentioned in the last chapter of Second or First Corinthians chapter two. Um, so we just have to be really, really careful about always asking for discernment from the Holy Spirit and asking Him into our lives and just showing us on the daily what is right, what is wrong, what is going to lead you to the narrow path, which goes to heaven. Um, ask what is culturally unacceptable, but maybe biblically acceptable. Ask to show and reveal every day what is right in God's eyes and what is wrong is in God's eyes. Ask, just ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and just be deep seated in your conscience. So deep seated that your thoughts yell out, Hey, this is a sin. And I think that you guys will get there. Everybody will get there eventually if you're not already there. If you're there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The daily conviction and the daily spiritual battle um, between right and wrong. Um, you hear something on the radio and you think, oh man, that is just so far from what God wants for this world. <laughs> Which I do that all the time when I listen to NPR. But anyways, <laughs> besides that, it's just it's just a constant spiritual warfare that goes on when you have the Holy Spirit in your heart. Um, and that doesn't mean, 
you know, it's a negative thing. Absolutely not. The, some positives that come along with accepting the Holy Spirit and just letting it work through you every day is the enlightenment that you have, the relationships that you may be affecting that you don't even know about. You might be planting seeds in people that maybe you don't see them emerge until years down the road, but the Holy Spirit is working through you to them. And, you know, that's just, it's really awesome to see what all God does through you when you let him have control of your life. Um, There's a reason they say many, many times that you need to die to self and take up your cross daily for Christ. That is so, so true because we must die to ourselves. We must humble ourselves just as Paul did to the Corinthian church. He had so much intellect He could have just blown all those people away and just given himself all the credit, but he knew that no matter how high his IQ was, no matter how much formal education he might have had or how scholarly and intelligent that he was, none of those credentials mattered at the end of the day. Only the wisdom of God mattered. Only the Holy Spirit speaking through him mattered. God's purpose matters more than any degree that you get. Any job title you get, no matter how many kids you have, how many fancy cars you have, or how big your house is, or how many friends that you have surrounding you, or how many followers you have on your Instagram, none of that matters. Humble yourself. Step back from what the idea of cultural popularity says to us that is popular. Step back from that and look at what God says is popular, which you'll find is very routinely unpopular these days, hence the name of the podcast, Against the Grain, because literally God calls us to live against the grain. That's what the narrow path is. That's what we're called to live. And it's so much easier if we have guidance and we can do that through the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And you guys are probably sick and tired of hearing the Holy Spirit because it's pretty much all I've addressed in these first two episodes, but it's so, so important, you guys. And it's the greatest gift. I mean, God, Jesus Christ is the greatest gift, but part of that threefold Trinity is, you know, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is that third component that so many churches neglect the importance of. And such a guidepost, such a guidepost for every day. And it's just really awesome to think that, If you want a spiritual experience, that's the way to get it. Like, that's the way to have the mind of God. Like, it's so mind-blowing. So then we look at that other passage, um, and this is just kind of what I want to leave you with. What no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. So why is that? passage in with all these other things. I think that it is specifically placed in chapter two to give us hope. So we're kind of warned that we're going to encounter basically spiritual warfare every day. We're going to be held to a higher standard if we let the Holy Spirit guide us daily. If we let Jesus be the Lord of our life, and we have the mind of Christ, and we live for Christ actively, things are going to get hard for us. And this chapter really just states that, that things are going to be tough. 
However, there is such an awesome hope that we have. No matter what our eyes have seen in this life or whatever we've heard in this life, God has something better prepared for us. Better than anything we could ever imagine. Heaven is going to be off the chain, guys, off the charts, whatever you want to call it. Did I just bring that back from the 90s? I did. Um, It's going to be off the charts awesome, like better than anything, better than the best vacation you could ever imagine. Um, It's going to be so, so good. So that verse just really, really, really just gets me excited. Um, It gets me so excited because we are we are promised something better after death. Like we get to look forward to death because that is where eternity begins. If we have Christ in our hearts, we've accepted him. We live for him daily. We take up our cross daily. We get to look forward to death. As crazy as that sounds, like the best is yet to come. And we can be comforted in knowing that our death, our physical human death is only the beginning of the best portion of the rest of our lives. Like what an what an awesome promise that is. I can't even get over that. Like uh a lot of people are like really really fearful of death and there's no need to be. If you have accepted Christ as your savior, you have faith even as much as a mustard seed talks about in the Bible. That's all you need. Just accept Christ and you have no reason to fear death anymore. You have no reason to be sad anymore because the hope that you have after death, God promises. He just straight up tells us it's going to be better than anything you can ever imagine. So live with discernment every day. Live for me. Understand the brokenness and the sinfulness of this world and how bad it breaks my heart. And then realize that I have something better planned for you after this life. Like, that just blows my mind. Like, it just blows my mind. We truly get a glimpse of the goodness of God. He cares about us. He loves us. He wants life for us. I just think it's so important to share his goodness and to be joyful in everything. Because we have so much to be happy, so much to be joyful over Because that promise is, it's just, it's the best promise that there could ever be. So thanks guys so much for joining me today on Against the Grain to go over 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I think that this whole 1 Corinthians is just full of so much goodness and we'll probably do some future episodes on some different topics that this addresses, including the structure of the church, um, how we should run our churches, and the nature of how we should be apostatizing people. And then how we, how we deal with discipline within the church, which is pretty interesting, actually, and pretty uncommon in our churches today. So we might do some episodes on that just to, just to explore a little bit about what the Bible says we should do with people that are um, actively acting in sin in the church. Um, I think it's pretty interesting to read it. So yeah, I hope you guys got a lot out of today, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed episode two of Against the Green podcast, and we'll see you next week.